Welcome everyone to Just Crypto. My name is Vanessa and we've got a great show for you today. Our special guest, we are going to be presenting the antidote to the 10 things wrong with Multiverse X that we talked about a few days ago. We're going to dive deep into the bull case for Multiverse X, get an expert opinion from someone who's been in the community for a long time. As you all know, uh, our show here at Just Crypto is all about honest conversations with creators, builders, artists within the crypto community. And our purpose is to elevate the humanity behind those who are driving our community forward. So today we have a special guest, Dave, DB Crypto, as you may know him online. He's a serial entrepreneur and a family man. He first became active in crypto in 2020. Uh, and having both a tech and a business background, he quickly became consumed with space, as I think many of us have. He's a content creator and researcher. He loves learning about all the intricacies of crypto and blockchain. And he's looking to help bridge the gap between what he calls dev speak and beginner knowledge. Uh, Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Vanessa. It's uh, good to be on and great intro. Expert in the space. I, I'll take it. I don't know if that's true, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I think the, the idea is you're more expert than many people and you get to share your wisdom with folks. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, I definitely put a lot of time into research and I love the space. So it's uh, just learning as much about it as I can is uh, one of the passions of mine. Awesome, awesome. Well, so we're going to get into a lot of the learnings and, and share with folks. Uh, as you all know, uh, what we normally do is pop the disclaimer and say that any opinions expressed in this video are just for education and entertainment. Nothing is financial advice. Neither Dave nor myself are financial advisors. We don't pretend to be. Don't take advice from folks on YouTube about your finances. There we go. All done. Uh, as we always do, we, we do also love to involve the community with the conversations. Uh, we've, I see we've got a few folks here, so if you are watching along, uh, please drop a hi in chat. Let us know who's here. We will be taking questions and comments, so very, you know, much want to engage with folks who are here on the live stream. Uh, want to say hi to PLC. Uh, welcome. Um, Rob, great to have you on the show. <laughs> Intense music. Yes, it really gets me going uh, for, the, for the start of the show. Accelerate Profits. Uh, you're amazing. Thank you for being in so many of the live streams. It's always a, a pleasure to, to have you here. Adrian, uh, hi again. Great to have you. Uh, Brian, a former co-worker, uh, awesome to have you uh, watching along. And podcast Elrond for LFG. Yes, yes, I'm not going to say uh, that word on, on the show. <laughs> so uh, welcome, everyone. Um, so, you know, as we're getting started, Dave, why don't we start with your journey? And what led you to, to crypto? What led you to Multiverse X? Sure. So... As Vanessa said, I kind of started in crypto early 2020 and uh, been looking into it for a while, but didn't really dive in heavily until 2020. And I knew there was just something missing in the in the uh, financial world, the space and the, the whole Web3 decentralized aspect that really interested me. And I knew there was much more behind it than this uh, magic internet money that everyone currently seems to think that Bitcoin and crypto is. So I, I dove into the tech and uh, realized that it really is far, far more advanced than just internet money. And it, it's actually tech. And most people still don't realize that. And I wanted to learn more about it and then help others understand that and learn that. And that's where I became a content creator from there. And I started researching various protocols, obviously invested in the, the basics, Bitcoin, ETH, and uh, I think Cardano was one of the first altcoins that I got into. And I discovered Elrond, and now Multiverse X, through Orion Protocol, which I think actually is 
kind of the case for a lot of people in the or a decent amount of people in the Elrond ecosystem. Orion is a, uh, a DEX and SEX ag aggregator, and uh, they were to build on, uh, process their transactions on Elrond. And so I dove into Elrond and I just, I fell in love with everything I saw, everything they're doing from the the team, their their communication methods, their their tech, and just everything about it. And uh, here I am today. I'm, I'm certainly not a maxi. I, I am big on a lot of L1s and many other protocols, but uh, Elrond is certainly the one that I'm uh, the biggest on, and it's it's the one I'm the most bullish on. What was the, the the switch for you from it's magic internet money to tech? Like, what was the thing you discovered that that made that change in your mind probably just learning what a smart contract was and how you can do more with it than just transfer money and that came with the uh, learning about ethereum and that's when i when i dove into ethereum and how it worked and i i very vague or uh, specifically remember downloading metamask the first time and trying to connect to bnb chain and how much of a nightmare it was trying to figure out the <laughs> RPC codes and the the addresses and adding tokens is just a absolute mess. But then I, I learned about smart contracts and how it all worked. And you you quickly when you see that you realize that it's not just money. It's it's far more. It's it's a protocol. It's a tool, technology, something that so much can be done on. Was there a particular use case or scenario for smart protocols that you thought, aha, okay, that, that, that's what helped explain uh, like the, all the potential behind the smart, uh, smart contract to you? Well, DeFi was probably the first, first thing that really caught my attention because uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, centralized uh, banking and governance and everything going on in the world. So the, the, thought of having control of uh, my own money and being able to do what I want with it more so than just sending it and receiving it, but also uh, earning. And uh, instead of putting in a bank to earn a quarter of a percent interest, I could actually uh, do other things with it to earn actual yield that the bank is actually earning on my money. So uh, let's take out the middleman, get rid of them and uh, let me actually earn the profits and also gaming. I have a, somewhat of a gaming background and learning how the blockchain and NFTs can integrate with gaming is uh, something I'm big on. And that was another thing that had me kind of dive into the, the tech and use case of it. Awesome. Also, we, we, maybe as we get closer to the end of the show, kind of jump into gaming a little bit and uh, pick your brain about something there. Now, you've been on Multiverse X, X a while. Um, I, I know we'll get to a couple projects that you, you've been on, but maybe you could share like what drew you to Multiverse X initially and what are some of the projects you've spent the most time in so far? So initially what probably drove me to uh, Elrond Multiverse X is the, the team and their communication. I, I love their communication method, how, how open, honest, and transparent they are with the, their, their weekly updates to their, their posts. I know some people have... Uh, issues potentially with um, delays and stuff like that. But you have that with any protocol. It's it's crypto. If something is going to come in six months, expecting it in a year. So you'll get used to that. Uh, but their, their communication method and their professionalism around all of it is what really drove me to them. Because I've looked at so many other protocols and L1s and 
if you look at the the founders and the the figureheads of these protocols, they're I'm looking for a Steve Jobs or a Tim Cook person, and Benny fits that. Benny fits that. He he's got great presence, great speaker, super knowledgeable, and just him leading that entire team is uh, kind of what had me fall in love with them at first. It's it's fascinating that um, what what drew you to Elrond at, at the time was almost uh, the antithesis of of crypto, where it's leaderless, decentralized, um, and and to actually look to a, a leader who is inspiring. Um, it, yeah, it's it's fascinating to note. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that kind of dichotomy? No, that's actually I've never really considered that, but that's really interesting. And I guess that'll we'll probably discuss that a little bit when we get into the centralized decentralized uh, points a little bit, but. Uh, I think some centralization is almost needed to to an extent um, because full decentralization can be uh, tricky, kind of like DAOs. Right? A full, fully run DAO program or DAO, is, uh, it has its pluses and minuses. And I think a lot of large corporations and entities are going to seek some form of or some level of centralization in order to feel comfortable in the space. So while some of it may be completely decentralized, I think there's still going to be a centralized aspect for sure. You made a decision uh, a couple of months ago, a uh, pretty big decision to, to dox yourself. Uh, I know that many in the crypto community are still anonymous. You know, not everyone's comfortable coming on camera like you are. Can you talk through that decision and, and how you weighed it in your mind? It's... Uh... It's, I guess it's not something that I really thought too much about. Just um, something I decided to do because I have nothing to hide. And I I don't shill projects that I don't believe in or invest in. I don't take uh, money or uh, anything to do tweets or anything like that. So I have nothing to hide. And uh, that's kind of the way it's always been in my personal life. Plus, I figure if someone really wants to think, figure out who you are, they probably can. So uh, it's it wasn't a decision I thought too hard on. Now, I will say that uh, with the whole uh, E-Ape situation, some people took that doxing to a whole new level and were sending me like business financials and my like really, really personal stuff that kind of shocked me. Oof. But it's still nothing that is hidden or that it concerned me. It just it did kind of surprise me a little bit when people were able to look up uh, very detailed specifics around me when they were doing their homework, which is good. Everyone should do their homework, do your own research. So let's talk a little bit about Elrond Apes, because I know many in the community, uh, you know, know you very, very strongly from, from that experience and uh, what happened there. Um, I don't want to dwell too much. I mean, we want to get into the bull case of Multiverse X, but I'd love to get your, your perspective on what happened, uh, how it ended up, what you see going forward for the project. So it's something that I went into, I want to say somewhat tentatively, because I had my reservations going into it. And I made that very clear to Carl and some other people ahead of time, knowing that if I am to move forward, there's going to be some very clear things that I, I need. Uh, if if uh, To move into the CEO role, I knew that I wanted to run it like a business and not like a, not just be the figure of a DAO because I 
that's just not my experience. My experience is in managing people and processes and getting things done and not trying to convince 250 community members that my idea is correct. Uh, so I was very clear up front that that was a, a big thing for me. And then obviously trying to do everything above board and as legal as possible. Anyone who saw my my Twitter thread saw that there's there's a lot of things that were missing and questions that couldn't be answered, questions that needed to be answered. And uh, in order to protect myself and even the community in the, the future, it's just not something that I was willing to tie my name to because of all the, the uncertainties and primarily around ownership of the, the project and who actually has ownership or who could claim ownership. And the probably the biggest thing was the fact that there was no, there was absolutely no transfer of ownership between the original creators to Morningstar. Hmm. And Morningstar wanted to then transfer ownership or control to someone else or a DAO without being able to show that they actually had ownership. So there was always that chance that the original owners could come back and claim ownership or do something. It's just, it wasn't a risk I was willing to take. And it wasn't a risk that uh, my council suggested that I take. And it just, uh, there were other red flags too that I don't want to get into, but it's a decision that as soon as I made it, I slept, slept very well that night. Yeah, I think the, the, the whole crypto industry is uh, getting to the point of maturity with, with things like, you, you know, council and transfer of ownership and, and those sorts of concepts that we're so familiar with in the traditional world uh, actually start to become important as, as we grow. Um, how are you feeling now after it's all kind of in the rearview mirror? Much better. It, it was a stressful, stressful period. I, I was looking forward to it, though, and I had a... A lot of plans. I had a great team put together. We had some great conversations and I definitely think we we could have done some great things with it. And I was looking forward to it, but the just not having all the, the pieces in place uh, didn't allow me to proceed. So, but it happened for a reason and I have uh, no, no reservations about uh, what I did and I'd make the decision again in a heartbeat. It was the right decision for sure. Awesome. Awesome. So in just a second, we're going to get into the bull case for Multiverse X. I did just want to say hi to Super MacGyver one. Uh, I too am a huge Richard Dean Anderson fan. So <laughs> yes, let's go. Um, and so let's get into it. Uh, me to this, this segment is talking about Multiverse X. Dave, lay it out for us. Why is Multiverse X an amazing project? Uh, let's get as deep as we can here. Okay. So and I've done a Twitter thread on this. So I'm kind of just going to reference that. The way I look at Multiverse X and what they're doing, what the team is doing, is that they're building the foundation for something much, much bigger. And the way I kind of, the analogy that I use for this is, think of some of the world's largest and most impressive buildings that are currently up right now. And they're 100, 120 stories. That might be your your Ethereum and your Solana. They're the the most used and the the biggest, most impressive uh chains and what's they they're but they're only built for uh, handling adoption now and they're not built for the future and what i mean by that is we're we're at less than five percent of the world currently owns crypto and it's just gonna it's 
going to explode. It, it's inevitable. Crypto in some form is, and blockchain is going to be utilized all over the world within the next five to 10 years. It's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. And uh, I'm not saying that's bullish case on any particular product, just the blockchain technology. But anyways, back to the analogy. So as we saw with Ethereum, they have all these users and it's an impressive product. It's the, the first of its kind, kind of in a way, but it can't handle growth. And so, so I view it like a, a hundred story building, a really impressive hundred story building, but next bull run and with more growth, we need a 200 story building or a 500 story building. And you can't continue to build on to the foundation they have set without going back and completely starting over from scratch, which is what they're kind of doing. And we're seeing how long it's taking ETH to transition to ETH 2.0. It's taking many, many years. And it's going to take even many more years. Uh, ETH 2.0, their sharding isn't expected till, I want to say it's sometime mid to end of next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer to 2025 or 2026. It's, it's ways out there. And same thing with Solana. They're these uh, massive chains that are doing the a lot of volume and they're getting a lot of usage right now aren't built for future adoption. They're, they're built to handle what we have right now. And in order for them to adapt to the future, they have to kind of rebuild. And so with... Multiverse X, what they're doing is they're building the, the foundation for the future. And I, I related in my post as uh, this massive, massive foundation that you can build a thousand uh, story skyscraper on. And obviously we're not there yet, but the foundation has the ability to support that because they have all the pieces in place to handle the, the scalability, the decentralization and the, the security. And they're putting it all in place right now so they can handle whatever's to come. And uh, even Ethereum 2.0, again, for example, once they do have sharding and they, they're going to roll out with 64 shards, their theoretical max TPS is going to be 100,000 TPS, which sounds great. But five years from now, we might be doing a million, 5 million, 10 million TPS in the, the blockchain space. So that's not gonna, it's not gonna cut it again. So they're gonna have to adapt again. So you need a, a protocol that is building something that can adapt with the future. And that's exactly what Multiverse X is doing with their adaptive state sharding. They, they currently have three shards capable of doing 10,000 TPS per shard. And that's actually gonna be bumped up to about 16,000 pretty soon in the next quarter or two. And they can add shards as needed for growth. So there's there's really no, there is a limit. I forget what it is. It's it's well beyond what we're ever going to need. But they can have 100 shards doing 16,000. They could have more than that. Whatever is needed, they can add shards for demand and still be able to keep their decentralization and security intact without sacrificing either of those two pieces of the puzzle, which is what you see happen with a lot of other blockchains. And again, I'll use uh, Solana as an example because they they are very, very skewed on the uh, the blockchain trilemma. The, the three points that Viteric Buterin coined in 2017 as uh, how to that are going to be a sticking point kind of for uh, blockchain infrastructure. You have to manage security, decentralization, and scalability. 
And in order to improve any of them, you he says you have to sacrifice in one of the others. And that is pr true to, uh, to an extent, um, but certain protocols are able to expand on certain parts of those triangle without really sacrificing as much on the others. And Solana definitely does. They they have this scalability. They they do the speed. Everyone knows they have the speed. They have the cheap cost, but they are far from central or decentralized. Um, and that can easily be argued. I know a lot of Solana fans will say that they are, but uh, they're even though they have a decent amount of validators, they're actually uh, the the ones that validate their uh, their blocks, do their consensus is small chunks. They usually like eighty to hundred. So it's, it's very centralized in that nature. Plus, as we saw maybe six months or so ago, they were able to completely uh, block someone's wallet, which is very surprising. But that uh, we'll get into that a little bit later with uh, centralization versus decentralization. And we've all seen it gone down eight or nine times in the past two years. So, But Elrond hasn't... Sorry, Multiverse X has. I'm still getting used to that. That's uh, might take a while, but uh, they're they're building, like I said, the the foundation for the future, able to handle what is to come, whatever is thrown at it, and adapt with it without having to go back to square one and completely rebuild, which is what we're seeing other protocols doing. I think it's very interesting that, that you start talking about the, the trilemma and that you're talking about in comparison to a Solana and Ethereum, which have... Uh, some concerns on, on all the sides. I think it was the Solana folks who said, well, what if security wasn't the most important thing? And then, you know, we all know what happened after that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that's interesting. And then we've got some comments in chat here as well. Uh, Dr. Malone uh, is, is talking about Solana and how they, they promise certain things, but when it actually comes to testing the TPS, uh, the, the chain has some issues. So there's, uh, you know, definitely a lot of smoke and mirrors uh, going along here. You know, even on Ethereum, I'm not sure how much once they are sharded, they'll get to the same level of efficiency uh, as Multiverse X. Uh, let's talk a bit about the, the foundation that it's built on. So I heard you mention the adaptive state sharding is one of the areas of the foundation. What else would you consider as the foundation for Multiverse X that'll get it to this 500,000 um, story building? So their, their virtual machine, which, and I think uh, Dr. Malone even mentions that as well in one of their with their smart contracts, how it works is they, they built a virtual machine from the ground up and it's, it's much faster. It's much more efficient than the EVM. And the EVM is also Ethereum virtual machine is also what a lot of other chains use. They, a lot of chains kind of just, uh, in a way they forked Ethereum or they, uh, they copied it, they cloned it. And same thing with their virtual machine. They, they took what they had and they just adapted it. And Multiverse X didn't do that. They built their chain from the ground up, including the virtual machine, and they made it much more efficient and uh, uh, fast because of it. So that's a, a very bullish case for it, as well as the the language and how they, they're uh, Arwin and Wasm compatible, which allows them to have uh, smart contracts written in many, many languages. And the, the languages that are far more used across the, the world. I know Solidity is the one that Ethereum uses, and it's it's the most popular in the crypto space right now. I want to say I read recently there's around 200,000 Solidity devs, which is 
a lot compared to uh, the other uh, crypto devs in the space. But Wasm and the, the Arwin that the Multiverse X uses, you can write code in Rust, Python, JavaScript, C++, C++, and uh, various languages. Plus, they do have the EVM compatibility. You just have to compile the smart contract. But Rust developers, for example, I believe there's over 6 million of them in the world. And Python and JavaScript, there's over 15 million of them in the world. So when blockchain technology and crypto starts gaining mass adoption, the people that are going to be coming in to develop for the ecosystem are going to be using the languages they already know. And if you're a developer in Web2 and you, you know Rust and uh, these other common languages, JavaScript, you're just going to go to a protocol that probably uses that language versus learning Solidity or even Haskell uh, or Move, which is a promising language. But again, why not use what you know? And there's over 20 million devs in the world, which is 10, no, 100 times more than uh, Solidity devs that know the the other languages, the languages that uh, Multiverse X operates off. Yeah, I think that's that's a, a big benefit is to have that addressable market, you know, at the point that the scenarios and use cases and businesses are built on the blockchain where developers are like, oh, okay, I should do this too. Um, it, you know, it's better for me to be there. Tell me a bit about the team. Now, you mentioned uh, Benjamin, uh, you know, is one of the uh, inspirations for you getting involved in the ecosystem. Tell me more about the team, how they've behaved. <clears throat> if you see any particular um, places where the team has impressed you in, in particular. So first, the, as I mentioned before, the, the communication, their communication is, is some of my favorite in the space. I, I love their, their weekly updates and uh, just how they're very open with what they're doing and how they're doing it and their, their plans. Obviously there's room for improvement in all areas, but it's, it stands head and shoulders above what I see from a lot of other protocols and just in a, in a professional way as well. And how they host their events and the their vision and their plan for the future. Just hearing any of these guys talk uh, at X Day, for example, they, they're all very professional, very knowledgeable. And again, to not, not to beat on a dead horse, but if you go look at the Solana conference, you've got Anatoly presenting, which is a a guy in a hoodie and sneakers, which is totally fine, but he's, he's not the, the leader that I'd be looking for. And you have a lot of devs speaking and NFT projects speaking and uh, stuff like that. And then you go look at X Day and who do they have presenting? They had politicians and they had major players in the Web 2 and Web 3 space like Deloitte and uh, from major banks and... Uh, so they're they're also the team's marketing and building relationships with the right people and the right products, in in my opinion, which leads to the whole foundation that uh, I feel like they're building versus just focusing on I don't know, whatever it may be smaller stuff. They're they're really they're building Utrust and uh, X Money and TwistPay and everything they're doing. They're they're really setting themselves up for mass adoption and building relationships with these politicians and improbable Herman, uh, Herman, uh, I can't remember his name right now, his last name from improbable, 
but also they had someone from Binance speaking and someone from Deloitte, which is a massive Web2 player. So they're they're making the right connections and they're just uh, they're very professional in how they do it. And like I said, Benjamin, when he talks and presents, he comes across very much, in my opinion, like a Steve Jobs or a Tim Cook. And that's as weird as it is. That's what I'm looking for. And I, I love that. He's uh, he's incredibly intelligent and they're he's really diving into the AI side of things, which is fascinating. And I'm really, really curious to see what they can uh, figure out and incorporate there, the AI and blockchain space, because I'm sure it's going to be massive. And he has a very, very large uh, or good understanding, it seems, of AI and where it's going. And putting those two together is just powerful. You mentioned a few things, which I think everyone in the Multiverse X community is probably familiar with. But if folks are watching this video and perhaps haven't followed along, they might not be uh, you know, really knowledgeable. Can you tell us what is X-Money and TwistPay and Utrust? And, and why is that so important as you're talking about you know, the bull case for Multiverse X? You mentioned these projects. Sure. So it's, it's kind of they, they acquire these companies that are helping them overcome the, the legal and the regulation boundaries that we're going to see when it comes to uh, using crypto as a, a currency. And you trust TwistPay, they're, they're protocols that you can that can be used in businesses to accept payments. Uh, still waiting for you trust to hit the US. And I think it's going to be soon. And hopefully we'll integrate it into our businesses because it's uh, they're 1% they're transaction fees, plus the uh, you can also earn uh, yield off of money that is just sitting there, even though it's not sitting there very long, versus the two and a half to three percent that we pay for our credit card transactions currently. That uh, that adds up a lot. So uh, that that's exciting. And like I said, the I think it's TwistPay that uh, has they're the first ones that have a a money license in the EU. And that is a, a massive uh, hurdle for regulation. And to have them on your team and have that as part of your, your tool set is, it's just, it's huge. It's, it's allowing them to move faster in the areas that can really help push adoption, especially in the, the EU and hopefully at some point the, the US and other areas as well. <laughs> Yeah, I think folks may uh, underestimate uh, how much merchants pay in credit card fees. It's it's 3% and it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's on $100,000, that's $3,000. Yeah, you know, it, it for sure. Um, Stephen here is just reminding us it's Herman Arula, who's the CEO. Herman Arula, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and yeah, uh, Dr. Mullins perhaps pointing out a point uh, where we'll get to a little bit later is that, you know, a few months ago, uh, Benjamin was talking about AI and he got backlash from the community for tweeting about meaningless stuff. Um, so it feels like maybe the, the sentiment would be different with ChatGPT and everything these days. Yeah, and that his your comment on uh, how he was into AI before it was cool is 100% spot on. Before everyone on the internet was talking about ChatGPT and MidJourney, uh, Benjamin was posting about it uh, months and months ago, talking about uh, the different AI levels. So yeah, you're right there. Um, See, so we you've talked a little bit about the architectural underpinnings, the access to the developer community, 
the setting itself up uh, with its scalability for future scenarios. And then some of the scenarios that are really like, you know, nation state level with, with pol politicians engagement and EU money licenses. Uh, what else would you point to and say, this is why Multiverse X is, is kind of poised to be one of the next great blockchains? So also their, their tokenomics, I think, are, are great. I love that it has a, a cap supply, very similar to Bitcoin. I know there's some argument as to whether or not a slight inflation uh, may be necessary for uh, certain uh, tokens. Even people think that beat, uh, Bitcoin should have uh, continued inflation past its uh, small halving schedule. But personally, I, I love it. And they the way they did their entire tokenomics from less, less is introduced into the ecosystem, the more transactions that are done and having a theoretical cap of 31 million, which should never be reached and is estimated to be somewhere between, I think, 28 to 29 million, uh, depending on adoption. And just the way they laid it out and showed it, I think is brilliant. And I think it's, it's going to happen. They, they certainly have the potential. So their tokenomics is one thing. And just how they're they're going about everything in the space. And I know a lot of people have kind of gripes maybe about the the lack of marketing and where they're they're at currently and the price point and whatnot. But I, I believe that everything they're doing is fully intentional. The the team is very, very or intelligent when it comes to their releases and uh, their timing of things. And I believe that they're they're doing exactly what they think is necessary to capitalize on the future adoption of crypto. And they're, uh, they're rolling things out at the right time. They're, they're hyping things up when they need to, but also not doing insane amounts of marketing and whatnot right now. Maybe when things are still rolling out, they uh, exportal is set to launch in a little over two weeks and who knows, it could have a couple hiccups and glitches on day one. And I'd much rather have uh, 200,000 users having hip hiccups and glitches than 5 million users. So <laughs> let's let's get everything out. Let's get all the, hic the, the bumps and the, the stuff out of the way now. And then let's really push it. And I think that's uh, Benjamin and the team's plan. And that uh, it was on uh, Stephen and his uh, he did a podcast or not a podcast, YouTube with him. And he did say that... Uh, to quote exactly, I, don't, I know Stephen would correct me, that uh, they, they will be making noise with the each protocol launch. But uh, <laughs> once everything is rolled out, which I think is the end of April, I I think that's when we might start seeing some some solid marketing and pushing come to play. And I think that's also going to line up really well, potentially, with the, the coming bull run that may kick off at the end of this year or early next year. And really position Multiverse X to capitalize on uh, what's to come. I think we could all use a good bow run right about now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been brutal. The, the one thing I love so far about this conversation is that you haven't spent a lot of time focusing on the user experience that um, the, the, the team has enabled, um, which I think is fascinating because that's normally my first go-to when I talk about why Multiverse X is, just has this step above. So maybe let's spend a little more time here talking about that and love to get your thoughts on the user experience across all their apps and, and wallets. For sure. Yeah, and I knew you would ask this too and bring it up, so kind of saved it. But you're 100% you're spot on. They have 
probably, in my opinion, the best user experience, UX in crypto. And I've got a dozen or so different wallets. Uh, like yourself, I use many, many chains. I try not to just focus on one and, uh, because then you miss out on a lot of what's going on. And what they have built and what they're building, just I, I haven't seen it matched. And Meyer, for example, is a phenomenal wallet. It, it looks great. It looks like something Apple would create. And again, that's what I'm looking for without the whole centralized aspect of uh, the web, uh, web to monopoly. But it's it's a flawless app. And they're, they're taking it to a completely new level in just over two weeks with X portal. And what it's bringing to the space is something that we don't see in the space. Even there, I haven't seen any other app um, that provides everything that that uh, wallet or app is going to provide. And there's there's other good ones on the market as well, but nothing to that level. And so that's one of them. Plus, just their their website. You, you look at small stuff like that. I was actually watching someone's YouTube this morning on Multiverse X. And one of the things that guy commented on is how amazing the the website looks, how great it looks and stuff like that to their videos. They put out some of the best videos that every time I watch just kind of, uh, they're just, they make me tingle almost. They're amazing. Their X day videos were phenomenal. And their X portal video, just absolutely amazing. The stuff that they do and, the way they position themselves and talk about what they're building in more of a, a philosophical way almost versus just a here's a product is I love it. That's that's what I'm looking for. And they I haven't found any other team or crypt or product in crypto that can match that. And it is very impressive. I'm recalling, I think it was one of the earlier promotions that they put out where they were talking about uh, I think money and it's all about time. And, and what is what is what do you get from it? You get time, and it was just so emotionally evocative yeah. the way that they had positioned that. Because at the end of the day, like, what are we looking for? Are we looking for another thousand eagle? Are we looking to spend more time with our family to be able to have experiences that we couldn't otherwise have? Exactly, and they're they're really capitalizing on that well and focusing on that. And it's have you ever seen the the Golden Circle Simon Sinek uh, TED Talk? Um, I haven't, no. Uh, oh, it's, it's phenomenal. I'll have to send you the link. But they, he talks about how companies like Apple are successful because they, they, they focus on the, the why, not the what, and the, hmm. they don't focus on the product. And that's, I feel like, again, Multiverse X and the team is, is really good at doing, on that, doing that. They, they focus on the, the benefits and what it's going to bring and what it's going to do for the world versus just here's a mobile wallet or here's a platform that's going to, allow you to do this <laughs> yeah yeah no it makes a lot of sense um i did want to also shout out to chat like as we're talking here if you feel like we've missed some of the bull case for multiverse x please bring it up in chat i, I want to make sure we have an opportunity to talk about all the good things um and he's going to go through and say hi to a few folks who just joined uh carlos hola <laughs> great to have you joining on the show um malik also fantastic good afternoon oh uh, good evening wherever folks are today um rcj yes multiverse x strong let's go uh, Radu, uh, welcome. 
uh, Catalan, multiple sexes on fire, absolutely. Um, and so, uh, yeah, if you're in chat, we, we're missed a particular strong point of multiverse X. Uh, let me know. Um, you know, right is saying on ramp and off ramp is coming. Um, and I think they've done a good job. I think they're on Coinbase and they just announced uh, integration with Juno today. Um, so lots there. Um, Dave, what else would, would you say is the bull case for multiverse X? What have we not talked about so far? They're, they're NFTs, for one, and the way their tokens are designed. It's it's much more secure in that. So let's go back to how their NFTs function. Their, their NFTs are designed and issued as a token on the, the blockchain. So they can be stored in your wallet, and there's true ownership with that NFT or token versus a lot of other protocols, specifically Ethereum and all the other chains that basically fork off of Ethereum, how they operate is an NFT, for example, is just uh, there's a smart contract and it says that you own this NFT and the hash just this is the hash that says you are the ownership of you are the owner of it. And if you sell it to someone else, the hash changes and it say, uh, says someone else is the owner. But you, you never actually have uh, true ownership of that NFT because it's it's just it's in a smart contract in a way. It kind of sounds weird. But uh, example is MetaMask. If if you were to try and look at your NFTs on MetaMask, sometimes it doesn't pull all your NFTs up because all MetaMask does is it just queries the blockchain looking for any NFT that re relates to your to you and says you technically own it and then shows you pictures of them. Versus on Multiverse X, the NFTs are actually uh, issued as tokens. So our wallets are smart contracts and the NFT is stored in our wallet as a token. So we actually have true ownership of it. And it has uh, big ownership implications for a lot of things. And one of the protocols that I hope continues to gain traction is Kavari. It's the uh, YouTube competitor, I guess. I don't know if I'm even allowed to say that here, but... Uh, <laughs> But you, you own your content and it's it's minted as an NFT and versus someone else owning it. And so the NFTs are a, another bullish case. I think it's it's also something that is possibly delayed adoption a little bit to this point because it is such a 180 from what other protocols do from Ethereum and Solana and uh, Avalanche and uh, how they issue it's. It's a big change. And in order to get those people to to change their mindset and how they operate around them, it, it might take some time. And example is someone who is big Ethereum user using OpenSea. Anyone who has Ethereum NFTs or has used OpenSea, what you know is you can go place, say you have one Ethereum in your wallet. You can go place a hundred offers on an NFT, on various NFTs that all cost one ETH. And if you win the bid for that NFT, then OpenSea just takes it from your wallet and all the other offers are canceled. That's not the case on Multiverse X. You actually have to provide the collateral for everything that you place an offer on. Mm -hmm. And I see that as being 
possibly a sticking point for Ethereum and Solana users because they're used to a little more freedom with how they they bid and use NFTs. But there's also a, a it's it provides much more security because of the way they're designed. Someone can't send you a an NFT that if you click on it or send it or do whatever with it, it it won't give them access to your wallet. You can't be drained like we see happen on it's absolutely crazy to me that someone could by mistake click a link and lose millions of dollars of NFTs. Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah, and, and that's the way it is for me, many of the top blockchains too, which is it's crazy. The security aspect is very, very uh, scary there, and especially obviously the number one Ethereum and Multiverse X combats that by how their tokens and NFTs are issued. Awesome, awesome. We've, we've got a lot of folks popping in uh, into the chat as well here with ideas and suggestions. Just want to say hi to Multimedia Toscana. Um, I think I missed you uh, earlier. Um, uh, G is here. We'll talk a little bit about DeFi as well in the future. And I think uh, Stephen has a question about that. Uh, but let's linger on uh, Age's thought on sovereign chains. Um, so this is actually one of my personal favorites. So tell us a bit about sovereign chains. What are they? Why are they important? So sovereign chains, it's actually something quite a few protocols are doing kind of in a way. And I think even Cardano is coming out with their their midnight sidechain. Is that what it's called? Midnight? Midnight is their privacy focused sidechain, yeah. Yeah. So it's it can be looked at it like that in a way, but it also has much more functionality as well. It can be a one of these cyber chains can be used by a, a corporation or a business to to operate with the their entire business or whatever they need to with the security of multiverse X backing it. And they can do it in a private manner as well. So each sovereign chain can almost be thought of as its, its own blockchain or sorry, each sovereign chart can be thought of as its own blockchain in a way. And there, there's so many use cases for it, how it can be, uh, how it can bring B2B uh, usage into the space and just help drive adoption through everything that it offers by allowing these corporations to come in and use this technology that is powerful and pre-built for them. I think people underestimate the value of sovereignty in a chain. Uh, one of the narratives that, that's starting to grow and get a broad adoption uh, within at least the mindset of people is the app chain thesis that I think Cosmos and Polkadot and Avalanche are pushing most strongly forward. Um, but it, you know, the, the idea that you would outsource your entire business and the core infrastructure layer of your business to something you had no control over is a little bit nerve wracking. Um, and sovereign chains, I think, solve that particular concern. For sure, because because blockchain is going to be utilized throughout the, the world at some point. And corporations like Deloitte, who spoke at X Day, and other other massive corporations, they might not want to build their own blockchain. Some might, but you could also utilize the the tech that others have built. And like I said, there there are others that are doing the same. Near also has their own uh, I forget what they call them. They don't call them sovereign shards, but they have uh, private shards that they have as well. They're not in use and their sharding hasn't been completely established yet. So they're years behind, but that is part of their plan. And uh, like you mentioned, Adam or uh, Cosmos and Dot with their, their app chain thesis, it's, it's a way to 
help bridge the gap without having these actual bridges that are, <laughs> we saw what brought us in 2022 over, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how many billions in hacks and money lost it was in 2022 due to bridges. So it's a, uh, it's a tech and something that's the space probably isn't quite ready for yet. And uh, the, the app chain thesis helps solve that. Since you mentioned near, let's linger on them a little bit because of all the projects out there, um, I feel like they're the closest to Multiverse X and they seem to have an order of magnitude, more adoption and awareness. Um, and I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on that because it feels like competition could be a threat to Multiverse X. Yes, yeah, so, and for sure. The reason why they have a lot more adoption, at least this is my opinion, is VC, VC funding. Near received over, I think it's $650 million in funding through three or four different funding rounds, which is, it's actually one of the biggest in the entire space. Uh, Avalanche is up there with $450 million. Just, just to prove that uh, funding isn't necessarily an indicator of success, I think the largest funded was EOS at $2 billion, if I yep. recall correctly. Um, yeah, it, just absolutely insane how much they took in. And their, their market cap is what? not a fifth of that right now or something like that. But so, yeah, they, they took in an insane amount of funding. 150 million of that was from Alameda and FTX. So that uh, was a little bit of a blow to them. But they do not have full sharding solved or enabled yet. They, they figured out state sharding and tax sharding, transaction sharding. But they have yet to figure out network sharding. And that is not expected till later this year which more likely means probably early to mid next year. And even with that, they do not have sharding active right now. They only have one shard that they are one chain, basically, that they operate their entire chain on. So there is absolutely nothing that they offer that is better in by any means to what Multiverse X has. In fact, they're a couple years behind. And there's actually their team has actually come to the Multiverse X team with questions on how to solve various things. <laughs> and the Multiverse X team was very open with them and shared, hey, this is what we did and this is how it works, which is great. I love that. And again, that, that leads to another point that Multiverse X is very open to the open source uh, communication, which is phenomenal. That's what, we, that's what the space ultimately needs. They've done over, I think, 2 million lines of code from scratch and they know that even if it's open source, no one's going to come overnight and top what they've done, especially with their work ethic and what they're currently yeah. building. So that's that's my theory on near why they're at where they're at. And it's only due to funding and uh, basically noise that is created by VCs. And that's the case for a lot of chains, I think, in the top 50. And Aptos, perfect example. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a graph uh, the other day of the number of new users on Aptos, and it was plummeting. I mean, it looked like the the, the graph of Luna after the crash, and and the price doubled, uh, and that that seems like a disconnect for me. Yeah, total volume locked, users just completely down to the floor while their price is going up. Yeah, things just don't line up there, and uh, that's that's the state of the market, and that's uh, the VC pump and dump scam that we see so much, and. It is what it is. People just have to read between the lines and really, really do your own research and stop following the hype. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, so Adrian's got a great point here. Uh, Xfabric, he says, will be massive for influencers. Uh, what is Sfabric? Uh, and maybe G answers a little bit, WordPress for the blockchain. Um, and, and why is it important for Multiverse X? Yeah, so Xfabric is, I think it's going to be massive as well. And the, the last comment was at G. Basically, he, uh, yeah, G. It's, it is WordPress in a way for the blockchain. It's a way for creators and brands to easily build out with no code a hub for what they're doing. And the hub can be a, a web page that links their, their NFT collection. People can actually buy, sell, trade their NFT collection on that hub that's created by Xfabric and then also communicate as well. So it's think of a WordPress and a website, but in that website, you have XOXNO built into it and Discord built into it for the, the community. And that's kind of what Xfabric is building. It's building these, or it's gonna allow people to create these hubs for creators and brands again, with absolutely no coding knowledge needed. It's all click and drag and copy paste, just like WordPress. And like he said, WordPress was a game changer for the internet space because before that, unless you knew HTML and how to code, you sure couldn't create a website. Now anyone can create a website. And I, and I think, you know, WordPress is so successful. It's on 40% or so of, of all websites across the world use yeah. WordPress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if, if um, Xfabric got even to a fraction of that, that's a big, big deal. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a, I, at least I believe it's going to be a very big player in the space. It's going to be a game changer if it uh, does what it looks like it's going to do. And I'm excited for that as well as many of their other stuff. I think uh, tomorrow comes out the X wallet or not X. Yeah, X wallet. Is it tomorrow? That seems soon. Yeah, I, yep. Tomorrow is X wallet and two weeks from that is X portal. That's pretty exciting. That, that's just around the corner. Um, and I, I'm just noticing in chat, we, we, we seem to have someone who's, uh, you, you know, very, very upset uh, with the team. I'm trying to see if I can find a, a canonical comment to show, because I think this is uh, emblematic of, of crypto. Um, here's Rob, not to give a, you know, too much of a platform, but I think this is a place we can talk about criticisms. And that's, you know, part of why we have the conversation. He says the exchange is a terrible setup, can't drive any adoption on that rubbish. Um, and, you know, he, he goes on with some other comments there. Um, you know, I have some specific concerns, but maybe that general concern that, that you know, we hear sometimes in Twitter. Um, how would you address that? So I won't say he's wrong exactly. Uh, what I will say is that people may be looking at it almost in the wrong light. And what was released with uh, Max V2 and... XMAX and the, the energy system that we have is, it's a fairly complicated, probably not fairly, it's a very complicated system that the team actually had to release tools to figure it out. And it's not for your everyday user. And it may be the, the focal point almost of X Exchange, which in the future it won't be. 99.9% .9 of users that come to X Exchange will be coming there to do basic swaps 
or they won't even be coming there. They'll be doing it through the app, which is tied in through, or they'll be doing it through Xportal that it links to X Exchange. So while that whole energy liquidity uh, side of it can be confusing, it's also for the advanced user. So it's not for your, your everyday crypto user, and it's certainly not for uh, your mother that you're trying to introduce to crypto, your grandmother, grandfather, whatever it may be. And what they have set up for your basic user is it's great. It's powerful and it, uh, it works well. And that's the, the swap portion of the exchange. And they are working on other power features that allow you to do limited orders and uh, other stuff of that nature as well. Plus, we have the protocols that are coming out that'll help with that. But while I agree to an extent with what he he says, it, it can be a mess if you look at it that way. It's it's not what new people coming into the ecosystem are really going to be worried about. New people don't need to know anything about XMAX if they don't want to. Or yeah, everything. and I think that's fair. I mean, like I buy stocks i don't go and market make on on an exchange for stocks like it's not a thing i think any normal human has ever done uh, and i think the same will, will come true with providing liquidity and some of the DeFi experiences it will be for professionals not for regular users um just a note from righty here he says um february 14th so actually that is tomorrow valentine's day the yep. Elrond web wallet becomes the multiverse x wallet and then february 28th um Meyer becomes x portal that's the one i'm really looking forward to because I spend a decent amount of time in uh, the Meyer app currently. Same. Too much time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, so we we were on uh, Mex, and Stephen had a question about kind of your stance on Mex Energy. Uh, every time it unlocks, I've got to say uh, I cry a little to see the price of it drop so much. But what's your stance on, on, on Mex Energy itself? Um, and then, uh, you know, he has another point for discussion, which is, you know, Max is generating real yield now, but e-gold is just emission. So those kind of two things would love your thoughts on. So I'm not a huge, I'll just be blunt. I'm not a huge fan of the entire system. And so the what I see that kind of happened is Max V1 was released and it was, it was just kind of a complete disaster in a way. And there, there wasn't any utility for it, which basically just had this graph that looks down into the left or down into the right nonstop. It's always going to, the price is always going to go down because of inflation. And I, I think the team, the team realized this, but they also knew that they couldn't just scrap it or they couldn't uh, alter it in a way that would really, uh, mess with people's earnings or money, if anyone who put yeah. a lot of money into it. So they had to come up with this energy system, this XMAX system, which is very complicated. And it's, again, it's not for the, the average user. And it, it kind of, I think it just, it just takes what they had and it slightly improves on it, makes it a little bit more usable, uh, gives people, like Stephen was saying, the, the yield, but I think if the team could go back a year, year and a half, and completely scrap Max and start over, I'm pretty sure they would, because uh, they they got themselves into a hole that they're kind of climbing out of, I think, in a way. And X Max is their 
the solution for that. Again, I'm not a huge fan of it. It we'll see where it goes. And I don't, I personally didn't put any money into it. So I'm not too concerned It just the, the XMAX that I have was either from an airdrop or that I farmed with the initial uh, pools. But yeah, that's kind of my stance on it. I, I don't even know if it's needed, but uh, I'm happy with my EGLD and uh, Max is not something I'll be diving into too much, if I'm honest. I think that's fair. And I think it's, it's not for everyone. Um, and, you know, Rob, sorry, I put you in a five minute timeout because you, you were really spamming the chat. And I want to make sure that other people can get an opportunity to talk as well. Um, I, I know that your comment on, um, you know, people not being able to criticize in the Multiverse X ecosystem. Um, I have consistently pointed out things. And yes, there's some blowback, but I think ultimately the team is receptive. I've had private conversations with Benjamin on various different things. Um, so uh, yeah, not everyone takes uh, criticism, but I think the team is very open and receptive. Uh, and, and so like, let's just calm down, be a little more positive in chat here, or, or at least you know, point out points with, with, with data to back them up uh, would be great. Um, so uh, let's, let's kind of switch gears, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, Dave, on the, the, the bull case side, I'd love to switch gears and get into a little bit of like, uh, FUD busting, as it were. Sure. So bull case side is just looking at where it is in the, the market compared to other projects and where they were last cycle and how this, the cycles typically run. And from the 2014 through 2017 peak, there were only three projects that were in the top 10, uh, the 2014 peak and the 2017 peak. And that was uh, BTC, XRP, and LTC, Litecoin. And then if you go from the 2017 to 2021 bull run, there were only four. Again, Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, and Cardano made it on the list as the one that stuck around. But you'll always see a lot of these tokens that just have blow off tops and then completely fade away. And if you look at the 2017 uh, bull run, we had projects like Bitcoin Cash and NEM and EOS, like you mentioned, that just get all this uh, hype and money thrown at them and they make it to the top 10. But then come next bull cycle, you don't hear anything from them. So more than half of the top 10 were never heard from again. And Multiverse X, in my opinion, never had its day. It, it still hasn't uh, done so versus some of the ones that were in the top 10 last cycle. Uh, Solana, I'll say it. I, I don't think is it a top 10 coin and I don't think it'll ever come close to its all time high. Uh, I could be wrong. We'll see. And community and hype has a very powerful effect in the space. But same thing with if you look, there was Doge and Chibu Ina and Dot, Polkadot were all top 10 tokens at the the top of the bull market. And I I wouldn't put any of them in my top 10 by any means. So I think that Multiverse Hex hasn't seen its its day yet. I think a lot of people say that coin or tokens don't hit their previous all-time high, which is the case for a lot of projects, especially the ones that get blown out of the water and uh, pull a 100x overnight. But I don't think that's the case for Multiverse X. They've been building the entire time and they, they still have all this 
potential. And they, they never even uh, just look at the previous market caps. And Doge got to what was it 40 billion market cap. <laughs> and right now, Multiverse X is about 1.1 billion, I think. If, if anyone thinks that an amazing layer one like Multiverse X cannot reach the previous market cap of Doge or, Shinu, or Shiba Inu, then I just, I don't know what else to say. Because not only were we also at a 3 trillion market cap, I think we're also going to see 5 to 8 trillion at the peak of the next bull run. And then at some point we're going to have 10 trillion and then 20 trillion. So the top 10 tokens, while last bull run, I think the 10th token, I uh, wrote it down actually, was uh, Shiba. And it had a $23 billion market cap, the, the 10th token. I think the 10th token at the the top of the next bull run could be 40, 50, 60 billion. And I certainly think that Multiverse X is a top 10 coin. Even if it's a top 50 coin, that's still going to be a 10, 20, 30, 40 billion market cap probably. So yeah. there's so much potential because we're, we are in the depths of a bear market. And everyone that was so bullish about it a year ago, buying it for $300, $400, $500, that's now afraid to buy it for $45. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Nothing has changed. They've only improved. I'm going to pop this up here. You know, we don't like to talk a lot about price on the show. Uh, nothing here is financial advice. Um, I think it is interesting to consider the cycles of crypto and whether you believe Multiverse's X potential is ahead of it or behind it. Um, an argument can be made that it's ahead of it, but not financial advice here. Uh, sorry, Dave, to, to pop no, that in. But, totally uh, needed. I get it. Uh, people can get excited. And we, we've talked about a lot of good things. And I know for me, my you know, um, I was chatting with a recruiter somewhere in the Solana ecosystem and I ended up buying, you know, Tensol because I, he was so excited. <laughs> so I've, I've done those things myself as well. Um, uh, we did have a question from Lisa here as well, which I, I think is interesting. Uh, and says, we talked about the, the Meyer apps th themselves and how good the user experience is. Uh, what's to really stop uh, any other blockchain from having something that's similarly good? I mean, the Phantom Wallet on Solana is pretty decent, actually, all things considered. Um, do you think that could eventually not be a distinguishing point for Multiverse X? Sure, it, it certainly could be. But then again, what's to keep Microsoft from creating the, an iPhone or an iPad, uh, which is, or a, a Mac, iMac, which in my opinion is the, uh, they're not gaming machines. So if you're a gamer, you may not like it or whatever, but they're the, some of the best operating systems and devices in the, the space or, uh, or an iPad if, or iPod, if you want to go back in the day when uh, the music was uh, big and Dell was trying to create uh, MP3 players. Microsoft was trying to create uh, MP3 players. The company, so you, right, just know how to do it. You're speaking to my heart, Dave. Uh, some folks may not know that um, I was part of the initial team at Microsoft who launched the Zune, um, Zune V1. I, I own it too. <laughs> so I'm well aware with the challenges to recreate something that seems so beautiful and easy on the outside and the inside, it's tough. So yeah, that, that would be probably one of my first things. But again, UI and UX is just a part of what they're, they're building too. And the, the entire experience and what they're able to offer underneath the hood is what's going to be really big. 
Yeah, no, I, th I think that's fair. Yeah, um, so Lisa's question, I think she was asking about why they removed it from the the uh, marketplace the, or the store. That I'm not too sure. It's something to do with just the the update process. And I know they said they were going to stop doing updates on it altogether. So for some reason, they decided to completely pull it from the, the app stores altogether. And uh, I'm sure they had their reasonings. And I know some some had their issues with it because they that's how they promote a multiverse x i think it was on chain smokers the nft project they do in real life events where they meet with people and get them signed up through meyer and talk to multi or talk to them about multiverse x and they couldn't do that and they were pretty upset uh, i think they might have come to a solution with the the team but yeah i'm not too sure why they they completely removed it from the app stores, but I'm sure they have their reasonings. Yeah, I guess we need uh, more boots on the ground, like uh, the, the on-chain smokers getting getting out there. Um, one of the other things that I was a little bit concerned about is this over-reliance, it seems, on first-party experiences. So, you know, we talk about the Myra app and we, we talk about how good it is, um, but I don't think there's another uh, app wallet app that allows you to interact with the Multiverse X ecosystem. Sure, you can maybe buy and stake coins, but that's not the same as actually having a wallet that connects to anything. Um, what are your thoughts there? I mean, it seems to me that that makes the system overall somewhat brittle. Um, so this, this point I'll kind of tie in with the whole centralization, decentralization uh, aspect of the conversation where, where I think it's some, in some areas, centralization is good and needed and having their own and who who better to to build the the products than the team that knows the the system from the ground up and how to do it and then to open source their code so others can then do it as well so while they might be the the only or the primary uh, dapps right now that clearly won't be the case in the the future i'm sure there'll be plenty of other wallets that do what Meyer or even Xportal does for the ecosystem. And there'll be other, obviously a lot more DEXs. I think there's two or three that are coming out really soon that uh, will not be competitors with X exchange, but do similar, if not better. I mean, things. let's be honest, they'll absolutely be competitors. Yeah, I guess they, they will be, <laughs> but I don't think... I don't think that the Multiverse X team is would look at it that way because they're not looking at X exchange as a revenue source. So if someone brings out a DEX that's far better than theirs and gets much more use, I don't think that's going to affect the Multiverse X team. I, I could be wrong. That's an interesting perspective uh, because at, at least the way I would view it, a lot of the kind of they've talked a lot about mix and have the exchange kind of backing a lot of their apps in terms of swaps. Um, it would feel like if they were no longer the premier decks on Multiverse X, that they would lose some of the ability to curate, you know, new tokens and new projects and have that launch pad and that splash. Um, they would also diffuse the attention of the, of the community. And, and really, like you talk about Steve Jobs, it seems like Multiverse X is very much in the mold of let's create a great end-to-end -end experience and they lose hold of that if they didn't have the decks. Yeah, I can, I can certainly see that. And we'll, we'll see. They are open sourcing their code, which is great, which shows that it might not be top priority for them. And 
when it comes to their their DEX functions and uh, what they do as far as uh, also with uh, their launchpad. They're, they're promoting and giving the tools to others to create other launchpads. So that shows right there to me that they're not, they don't care about having the number one launchpad on Multiverse X. Otherwise, they would try and have a, a stranglehold on it and a monopoly and say, no, you can't do this or uh, we won't give you the tools to do so or help you out. But they they are. So that, that kind of shows to me that they're, they're willing to work with others and which is great because that's how you're going to build the the ecosystem people need options otherwise we are in web 2 yeah no i think that's fair and perhaps your point of um you know not wanting to spend a lot of time on on the decks is concerning for folks like myself we have a large investment in max and x max <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is right you you you, you know not, not saying they won't succeed but uh projects go through ebbs and flows um, I, I also wanted to touch uh, a little bit on, you know, some of the concerns just around DeFi in general. And so we talked about the first party nature of exchanges, um, but I feel like as you look at Multiverse X, there's a, a lot that they're still missing from a DeFi primitive perspective. And, you know, I'll kind of lump in things like uh, bridges to other ecosystems. There's no native fiat-backed stablecoin like a USDC um, that's available. And, you know, even some of the emerging principles, there's no perp decks, there's uh, StableSwap is just about to be launched, so it's in its infancy. Um, you know, Lend and Borrow isn't there yet. Uh, how do you think about that? I mean, is, is Multiverse X too far behind where, you know, Ethereum's had these things now for three years and, and we're just starting? I would say no, mainly because I think a lot of what they do still is intentional. That's... Bridges, for example, it, there's so many bridge hacks and bridges are risky. And I understand we uh, Multiverse X may not have as many connections to some other chains and have all the tokens that everyone would like to see. But by having those bridges, you're opening yourself up to a lot of security risks. And in my opinion, the crypto space is not there yet. It's not to a point where interoperability is seamless and it's easy. And until we get there, I feel the Multiverse X team is kind of doing us a favor by their their plan and their rollout and how they're orchestrating everything and almost protecting us in a way and the, the, the users and the investors because they're not getting involved in uh, all these other protocols and bridges and chains and they they were one of, I think, probably close to 80% of the top 10 or even top 20 layer ones had some type of funding from FTX. Multiverse X did not. So Polkadot and Near, uh, Solana, all had quite a bit of funding from these projects that it's an unregulated space. That's so... Without having that, branching out and opening your doors can be risky, I think. So I think a lot of it is intentional. And then the other side of it is developer activity. And it's still, it's it's lacking. I don't want to say it's lacking developer activity, but it's small compared to yeah. some of the bigger uh, chains, the ones with more active developers. And that's why we don't yet have the... the um, 
the powerful tools, the, the, the lending and the borrowing and all that other stuff that other ecosystems have. But thankfully, they're, they're coming as well. We have uh, Ashwap that launches, I think, really, really soon. I think it's in a couple of days. And Haddam Protocol, which is bringing the, uh, a stable coin and the borrowing and lending and the liquid staking. So it is coming. And I, I don't think there's a, I don't think we're at a loss by not having it now because the crypto space is still so early. And like I said, less than 5% of the world is invested currently. And what we know currently in the crypto space could completely change in 10 years. And everything we know and use right now could be MySpace. And <laughs> five years from now, we're using Facebook. And every protocol we use may be non-existent. So, <laughs> and five years after that, we're all also still using Facebook, but wishing we were on MySpace. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah exactly. um, I well, do also have to yeah. give a quick shout out. If you are interested in AshSwap or Hatam Protocol, we did interview the founders on this channel. So you know, take a look through the channel. There are videos there to learn more about those two projects uh, as well. Um, this is one day where, where I'm maybe going to have to disagree a little bit with the, you know, go slow and sure and um, take your time. I feel like you'll never fly unless you stretch your wings. And we're still sitting in the nest, kind of looking down there going like, gosh, it's awful high. And everyone else is out doing, you know, cool tricks uh, in, in the sky. Yeah, and I, I see that. And sometimes I go back and forth on with that thinking as well. And it could be the case. I, I would like to see a lot of this stuff. But then I also think that, well, what if they launch this and we have a $500 million hack that could completely destroy the entire protocol and bring all of our investments to zero. So there it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword and we'll see. Uh, I, my faith maybe even being a little naive lies in the team and their, their outlook and their, their plan for the future. And, knowing where the market is, where it's going to be, and planning accordingly for that. So it's it, it could be blind faith in a way towards the team and what they're doing and knowing that I think they have the, the best interest in for all of us as well as the protocol. And they're going to launch what's needed when it's needed and in order to help everything succeed. Something else that's been fairly controversial is the new rebranding. And I've heard from multiple different sides, you know, some people love it, some people hate it, uh, some people just find it awkward. What are your thoughts on that? Initially, I was a little torn on it. And it was, it's, it's a big change. People don't like change. And Elrond was, it was recognizable. It was short. It's only a couple syllables, not like four, like I know you mentioned in your, your video. It doesn't roll off the tongue as easily. and But it had issues, of course, especially if, if you're going to be moving into a new market, the U.S. market, there's there's legal concerns. So I, I feel like it was a necessary change. And the Multiverse X, having it under the power of X and all the apps branded around X, does play a really, it's it's a big, it's a good thing to have, I think. You mentioned some things on your video about how it could have been uh, X-verse or something a little bit shorter, something easier to say, which I, I agree with. It could have been, they could have gone in a different direction. 
I also think that maybe five years from now, it's going to be complete afterthought or anyone who's coming into the ecosystem now doesn't even second guess it one, one bit. The people that are second guessing it and having issues with it now are those that were the true Elrond supporters <laughs> or they at least knew the name and think it's crap. But I have a feeling it's, it's going to be a, a mood point or a non-talking point in a year, two years, five years from now. I think that's a fair perspective to have. There's lots of brands which have become common parlance and we don't even think twice about them. And they're kind of weird if you step back and say like, what is that? Um, the, the, the other thing that many folks have brought up is that really they're absent from the US market. Um, they don't, as far as I know, come to conferences. There's obviously no formal marketing, you know, no Super Bowl ads, <laughs> things like that. Uh, and it feels like this is a place where they're missing out on the number one market you know, from a financial perspective and, you know, are they just going to get left behind and it's going to be too late to ever make any traction in the U S market? That's a great question too. And it is, unfortunately, it seems stalled and they even two months ago parted ways with the, their uh, director of business relations in the U S which was actually, I think he was only in the role for about six months uh, which is a shame. I, I was scheduled to meet with him back in uh, January, and he uh, at the end of December they he parted away or they parted ways with him. So you must have been really intimidating. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't want to meet with, with Dave. Let me let me leave. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, no. So I because I always want to do whatever I can to help drive adoption, and so, so I was seeing how I can meet with him and offer my support or whatever and then unfortunately I found out he wasn't with the team anymore and that was a bummer because well that that sets us back even further because I was under the impression that targeting the U.S. market was kind of was going to be one of their focuses but on the flip side I could also see how maybe it again it's strategic because of everything that's going on with the regulations and the SEC and how it's just a complete nightmare right now how we possibly won't even be able to stake our tokens pretty soon in the u.s because they're <laughs> the, the latest thing is they're now accusing busd of being a security because I people are in the stable coin for profit okay <laughs> unbelievable yeah it's so it could be strategic too i i'm not too sure yeah. uh, i'm sure they could probably do some more in a way that wouldn't put them at risk um, and I think the biggest thing to do would be to push NFTs more. And I, I feel like they've they've started to do that a little bit more with uh, even the team's comments and chairs about NFTs. And uh, uh, I think so, I saw someone put up a, a tweet or a post know, a few weeks ago about how NFTs are the Trojan horse into crypto. And I, I think that's actually a really good point. That is how a lot of people get into crypto and for various reasons and or will in the the near future because i think gaming is going to be one of the next big segments of the bull run so putting more support behind nfts i think is something i would certainly like to see and something they're they're doing a little bit more of but something i think they can do a, a much more of and yeah i think the benefit of the team doing it Absolutely. And it, it's something that they haven't embraced early on. And maybe are starting to, as you say, 
I like NFTs are very emotionally resonant with people in a way that, you know, numbers in a DeFi app aren't quite the same. Um, oh, Cram, uh, welcome again uh, to the show. Always great to have you. Uh, what happened to the Benjamin meeting with the mayor of Miami? They were looking to set up an office in Miami. Do you know anything about that? I hadn't heard anything about that myself. So they did meet, but there, I th it was just rumors that uh, they were looking to set up an office and there might've been some talk about it, but it was more, uh, to my understanding, a rumor and nothing ever official. It would be great to see. And maybe they're still in discussions. I don't know. But I know that that mayor, uh, uh, drawing a blank on his name right now, is also one of the most crypto friendly in the entire country, too. So you see a meeting with all kinds of people in the crypto space on a weekly basis. So uh, they did meet what what's to come of it or where it's going to go. I'm not too sure. It would be it would be great to see Multiverse X have a presence in the U.S., though, that's for sure. Absolutely. And I want to you know, pop up uh, Gadjo's comment here um, talking about the announcement. I think we mentioned it earlier with with Juno in the U.S. market. Um, so definitely need uh, you know, more of these. Yeah, it is. It's great. But yeah, there's there's so still a, much further that they can go with it. And the U.S. market is the the largest um, market for crypto users. I think current I just recently saw that over 40 million in the U United States, followed by Japan and uh, a couple other countries that are closely after with 35, 30 million. But the U.S. has the most crypto users in the world. Yeah, and I guess that's you know a great opportunity and, and untapped market. So you could flip that around and say, well, maybe they haven't got penetration yet, but my my gosh, when they do, like there's there's rocket ship that could come. Um, the last kind of point I wanted to uh, point to in terms of concerns, and this is maybe something that you've experienced, is the space seems very player versus player, uh, very <laughs> zero sum game here in Multiverse X, uh, which is is different than I've experienced in other ecosystems. Um, and, you know, some people might say that that community aspect that's not positive could be pushing people away, could limit the growth of the ecosystem. Love to get your thoughts from there from someone who's perhaps experienced more of it than most people have. Yeah. So would you say you're primarily thinking you're talking about the, the NFT space? NFTs uh, definitely have been PVP, even, you know, in terms of uh, having discussions. And we had, you know, Robin here and he was perhaps a little bit more... Um, so less constructive in the way he he versed things. <laughs> I'm trying to find the right words here, but uh, you know when people have mentioned things that that uh, perhaps are criticisms, um, I've felt ganged up on at times from from that. And so there's that's another kind of PVP aspect um, where where you know the community seems a bit defensive. But definitely NFT projects. Uh, you know from speaking with Josh and Nogen, they've they've gotten it. Uh, you've gotten from your perspective and your your work with the Alron Apes team. Um, and I've seen, you know, more than just those two other ones as well. For sure. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of tribalism in the space. And the easiest place to notice it is in the, the NFT space. And that was one of my primary focuses wanting to go in as the CEO of Elrond Apes was to uh, really unite the, the Multiverse X ecosystem because it is so divided and it just... It makes no sense to see projects and people putting each other down or regardless of what you, you think about a project or uh, don't think about it. You just there, there's too much negativity. And I, I also it's not completely just tied to the 
the Multiverse X community, though. It is something that's crypto-wide. We see a lot of it because a lot of us are very active in the space. But I also think it's because we have a, a small but very tight-knit and powerful community. So if you think there's, uh, I think, about 14,000 active users uh, on the, the Multiverse chain a day. I don't know, maybe it's more than that. I think it's about 14,000. And when it comes to NFT users, there's much less than that. It's uh, two, three, four thousand in a given day, I believe. And but those people are very active and very vocal. So you you see a lot from them, and it's uh, it's just it's a it's a smaller community. So the the negative ones really tend to stand out a little bit more, I think. But there's there's tons of negative people on any other chain as well. And uh, I've actually been seeing a lot of comments lately from Solana folks about how the their community is toxic and uh, there's wars about new mints and people's taking liquidity away from other projects. So mm -hmm. it's certainly not tied to any particular ecosystem. It just uh, we see it more because we're probably more active in this. You you're active in a lot of communities. Adam, Cosmos, they don't really have a, a huge um, NFT ecosystem. So they haven't started getting at each other's throats just yet. <laughs> oh, they have other ways to get at each other's throats. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen some of the governance proposals and all that stuff and uh, the stuff tossed around. So it, uh, it's a different type of energy. And unfortunately, Multiverse Hex has some very, very vocal people that serve absolutely no purpose other than to just farm engagement and bring others down and you kind of have to wade through the noise uh, mute block whatever it is but uh joining everything together is going to be key getting getting project founders to start working together i think is going to be uh key and starts talking just talking to each other and cross marketing and doing a lot more of what we see at a very tiny uh, to a very small extent and just getting everyone to work together and bridging out to other networks and we don't need to have nogen against elron apes and you can't own one and or you can't own both of them because that's just ridiculous you can only own one of them <laughs> But that's how a lot of people think. If you're yeah. an L. Ron Apes fan, you can't be a Nogen fan or vice versa. And that's just ridiculous. Yeah, so, and full disclosure, I have both. I, I think a well. lot of people too. Yeah. So, But there's a lot of people out there that uh, they think it's either wrong or they, they won't do it. Or you put other projects like Board Ape uh, X Club, B-A-X-C. They got a lot of heat for creating a derivative project, which... I can understand, but if you don't like something, just move on. You don't need to bash it and create all this negative energy because there's a board eight project on the top 10 chains right now. Cardano has one and Mir has one and HBAR has one. It's, it's everywhere. So if you don't like it, just realize it's going to happen and move on. <laughs> I think even Bitcoin now has board eight ordinals that have been yeah, into <laughs> Um, so let's let's kind of shift away from that. You know what I want to say 
Thank you, Dave, for sharing a lot of your expertise and observations. Um, I think you're someone who's been, you know, very much in the space, in lots of different spaces, and bring a perspective that's valuable for people who are perhaps just in the Multiverse X community. So thank you uh, for that. Um, also appreciate you being very generous with, uh, you know, hearing criticisms and, and addressing them full on and being open, like with the exchange, uh, the exchange we had around X exchange, to, to put a pun on it, um, and saying like, hey, it's not there yet. And, and that's okay. It's okay for us to say things like that. Um, Adrian asked a, a great question, and maybe this is the place we can you know, start to wrap up, which is um, how are you going to be involved in the future with Multiverse X? What do you see in, in your future? That's a great question. Um, where I see myself now is uh, kind of like uh, Vanessa said in the beginning, I enjoy the, the tech side of it, and I really enjoy diving into that learning how it works why it works why it's powerful why it's gonna be even more powerful and helping bridge the gap between dev speak and what everyone else can easily understand basically think crypto for dummies <laughs> and if i was a writer and i wanted to write a book i would write multiverse x for dummies <laughs> because i enjoy taking the the technical knowledge and kind of breaking it down into a much easier to understand uh, aspects for people to read and uh, grasp. And so as a content creator, and I'm open to other avenues and venues as well on how I can, anything that I can do to help bring more knowledge and uh, adoption to this chain that I do believe is truly, truly undervalued because they only had 5.15 million in funding rounds uh, from two different funding rounds total versus again near that had 650 million and avalanche that had 450 million and uh it's uh, algorand that had 300 some odd million and cardano was one of the smaller ones i think they had around 65 million but that's still yeah. 12x what multiverse x uh took in and the vcs are excellent at marketing <laughs> They're, they're great at pumping their own bags. And that's the exact reason why so many of these tokens, in my opinion, get a lot more attention than they deserve. And why I want to bring more attention to these undervalued uh, and overlooked projects that uh, just people don't look into. And influencers, a lot of the, the, the big influencers, they, they're out there to pump their own bags too. So not to call out any in particular, but you all know the, the the YouTubers that have a million, two million followers or even 500,000 followers that are hyping up Aptos and HBAR and XRP on a daily basis. They're doing it for a reason. They're doing it because you go out and bump up the price by 10% and then they go sell. Yeah, I've seen I've seen spreadsheets that have been leaked where people are paid five, six figures to, you know, pump a token. Um, yeah, for sure. So... I just want to bring more more awareness to what they're creating because I do believe it's they're building the foundation for the the future of blockchain and yeah. the space does move very very quickly so anything anything can happen and that's why I uh, I do agree with the what some people have said around marketing and uh, what you said as well about getting some more of these protocols in place now because you you do need to capitalize on it when when the users are looking for it as well and uh, 
make sure it's out there. So we'll see. I, I trust in their plan. That's the, the biggest thing. And I, I could be naive in that, but uh, I do love the, their, their communication, their style and everything about them. So I believe they're going to take Multiverse X to a, a top five L1 for sure. Well, I'm definitely right here with you, hoping that that, that happens and comes to, comes to pass. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share, Dave, before we close? Maybe something we didn't touch on? I think we touched on uh, much of the big point. We So the centralization, decentralization aspect, um, I know you talked about in your video about how they're they're technically not very centralized, which or decentralized, which can definitely be stated because of the fact that they're completely missing that governance aspect. And so I, I look at decentralization, there's kind of two main aspects in my opinion on how to be decentralized. One is by having a lot of nodes validators uh, that make the, the chain much more uh, outsourced, wide reached and uh, secure. And then there's the, the governance aspect, the, the having the, the, the chain be completely governed by the, the users. And there's very, very few chains that are uh, completely governed by the users at this point. The majority are still very centralized in that nature, including Multiverse X. But I think that's also by design because if they were to just flip the switch and say, okay, you guys are all in control right now, it would be absolute chaos. And uh, I think that's almost in a way kind of what happened with Elrond Apes there for a little while when they <laughs> <laughs> the the DAO, the community, and it was just complete mess. Was this their trial balloon? <laughs> Testing yeah, yeah. how decentralization works? <laughs> yeah, so so that's something that is, it's coming. It's obviously in the works. And I, I don't think it's something that should be rushed either. Because um, maybe it's my, my lack of uh, faith in a lot of people. But most people, in my opinion, don't know what they need. They know what they want, and what they want is often not what's best for actually themselves and everyone else. So I would much rather have the control in a, a centralized authority when it comes to stuff like that, like the the team versus the, a DAO proposal or a governance proposal on uh, should we raise the tokenomics from 31 million to 41 million. I'd much rather have the the team in charge of that right now. At some point, maybe we'll have a, a proper governance in place where there's a committee and board members that are well-versed and really, really well-invested that can make those decisions. But right now, if the decision was up to me and you and everyone in the audience, it would be a, a complete mess. <laughs> I think that's a, a completely fair point. Um, to everyone who's been uh, in chat here, it's been quite a, quite a busy chat session. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I know there's been some uh, contested opinions coming through chat. Uh, you know, it's great to have the discussion. That's why we're here. That's why we have conversations. Um, Dave, I've appreciated you. If you want to follow Dave, I've got a link to his Twitter down below. Is there anywhere else that we should point people for you, Dave? Mainly just Twitter for right now. Uh, I just created a, a medium as well where I'm going to be putting all my content there. Uh, but yeah, th that's the, the main source for right now. 
Awesome. And if you have gotten all the way here, uh, one, congratulations. This is one of the longest videos we've done on the channel. So thank you for that. Please do like and subscribe. We have a lot of conversations with uh, folks within the Multiverse X community, uh, with founders of different projects, uh, and you'll get glimpses of different blockchains and different ways that people do things. So maybe broadening your horizons too. Uh, with all of that, thank you, everyone. This has been fantastic. And I will see you all again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on.